Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer requests, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Before we get into that, I just want you to know something. Uh, my wife's birthday was yesterday. Cinco de Mayo. She's lovely. She's my friend. She's, um, she's my closest friend. And it's one of those stories where I can truly say I believe it was love at first sight. God spoke to me about her before I met her. And when I saw her, I loved her. I thought, man, that is a tall glass of sweet tea. I, I've got to make that woman my wife. <clears throat> I met her and I just loved her. I loved her from the start. She's been so loyal um, to me as a friend and the love of my life. I'd pick her every single time over and over again. And she hates it when I make a big deal out of her. But baby, I'm sorry. You're just going to have to sit through a little bit more. It's important to me. She's the love of my life. I wouldn't pick anybody else. You could say, could, would she trade you for anything? I don't think so. And I know, I know for sure I wouldn't trade her for anybody or anything. And she, she's the one God gave me. She's the best answer to prayer I've ever received. I'm so in love with her. I love her more every day. And she tells me that I preach good even when sometimes I'm like, I don't know if it was that good. But uh, she is the love of my life. W would you do something for me? Would you stand to your feet and just wish my wife a happy birthday this morning? Uh, Pastor Jen, just tell her you love her with a big God bless you. Go ahead. Go ahead. I love you. You're my favorite. She is my favorite human. Praise God. Go ahead and be seated. If you would, please. She's my favorite human, and then I have, a f I have different favorites in life, you know. Favorite, I don't know if I have favorite food. I have favorite dogs. There are two dogs. I have different favorites, but nobody else is like my wife to me. She's the love of my life. This new series is, <clears throat> this is powerful, <clears throat> and it's moving, and I think it's very timely. Because whether we realize it or not, I believe a lot of us have some self-centeredness in us. This is not going to be a message that grinds you into the ground or into the pavement. It's going to be very encouraging. But I want to point out some stuff. I already got some smiles out there. <laughs> I want to point out some stuff that maybe you do and I do. Because I'm going to bring up some stuff, and you're going to, you may go, ouch, or amen, or like, oh, darn, I do that. Or I've been needing to get over that. Or God needs to work on me in that area. Or whatever. So, so don't be offended if I look, look you in the eye this morning. It's not because I'm preaching to you or about you. I'm preaching to all of you and I'm preaching to me. Okay. I look people in the eye when I'm talking about myself too. Okay. So I'm here as your pastor, as your friend, someone who loves you, a brother in the faith, and I'm going to just tell you the truth today. So the title of this series is Moving Beyond Me. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2 verse 3. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. I love this. I love how the New Living says it. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. The Apostle Paul is catching all kinds of stuff here. He's touching on different items. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Wow, that's interesting. Verse 4. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Verse 5. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Now, is that a tall order to have the same attitude as Jesus? The Apostle Paul is going, oh, and by the way, 
have the same attitude that Jesus had. Don't raise your hand. Please don't raise your hand. That's kind of a tricky thing because I usually have you raise your hands for surveys and let's vote about this. Let's think of who did this, who did that, how do you do. But did any of you, don't raise your hand. Did any of you have a, <laughs> Anthony's already raised his hand. Did any of you have a bad attitude at any point this week? Did any of you have, an, have a moment where you're like, there's no way Jesus had this attitude? Just something to think about. Once again, this is going to get real encouraging, but I need you to remember something. I do not believe people just show up in heaven one day as the Lord of their own life. I don't know how that's possible. And no one can twist my words today, not on the podcast, not here. You see the look on my face, the look of love. I'm just telling you right now, I do not believe I'm going to be allowed to go to heaven if I remain the Lord of my life in all these different areas, if I am my own Lord. Because if I'm, I'm my own Lord, I'm saying I don't need Jesus. I'm saying I don't need the Spirit of God to speak to me and talk to me in His perfection and show me His will. So we're not just going to... You don't just get into heaven accidentally. I know that some of this is continuing what Pastor said last week. Do I believe you're on your way to heaven? Yes, I do. But I do believe you've got to live a holy life because God says, be holy because I am holy. Part of holiness is learning to move beyond myself. If you get stuck there, you won't forgive people. If you get stuck there, it'll be all about you. If you get stuck there, it will always be all about you. And I'm telling you, standing before God... Before his throne one day, I can't imagine that it being all about us, he says, welcome, you good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. No, because we were our own Lord. The world does that. The world has made themselves gods, right? I mean, there's strange people out there. There was a guy, a, a, a hip-hop guy that called himself Jehovah. Did you hear about that? He, he referred to himself. One other guy called himself Jesus. That's the stupidest thing. I don't know. I've heard some stupid things in my life, but that's got to be the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Man, be careful, right, about the things of God and make sure that the holy things be kept holy and we have ourselves to, to be accountable about and responsible about to God and we have our relationship with Him, but I guarantee it, we cannot put ourselves before God. And many times in being selfish, Many times, in being stuck on myself, make sure you're listening over there, make sure you're listening. Many times in being stuck on myself, I make myself my own Lord, and I think I've done that before. I'm ashamed to tell you that, but I'm, I'm glad that I'm honest and able to tell you that I've made myself my own Lord at time, in times past, and I've repented. Where I said, I know what God wants, but this is what me wants, right? <laughs> Moving beyond me. Moving beyond me. Let's read through those verses again, if you don't mind. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus <clears throat> had. Some form or fashion, um, God willing, we're planning on June 2nd. It's a Saturday. It's about a month away. We're going to have an outreach Saturday morning. Okay, and I'm, I'm going to be talking to an apartment manager locally here. 
close by here, and we're going to do a little bit of outreach just to take our focus off ourselves, invite people to church, invite them to vacation Bible school. That's coming up. Say, man, how can I take the focus off myself? Well, one of the ways you can do that is starting to serve. And this morning, I'm going to lean heavily on this, this angle, and that is generosity, giving in some form or fashion. It takes the focus off you. It points you in the direction of, I'm going to move beyond myself. So point one this morning is it takes the focus off ourselves, just like praising, because praising is giving God something, isn't it? It takes the focus off you. Hard to think about you if you're just reaching out, loving somebody, man, pouring out. So let's just leave that right there. I like that point up there while I read you some, some possible symptoms of self-centeredness. You might be self-centered or, you know, selfish, if you find yourself always running for tough, painful, or uncomfortable situations all the time. You say, I don't want to feel pain. I don't want to feel com- uh, discomfort. I don't want to feel awkward. That's why, that's why this church isn't packed out this morning. There's people that they're self-centered and they say, you know what? I, I don't want to feel uncomfortable. I, I, I don't want to feel uncomfortable. I don't want to feel like there's something in the word that's, that's piercing my soul or piercing my arm or getting to my heart or getting to me. I I need to run from that situation. Or people that run from pain all the time. How about this? Someone who lies or breaks their word often. Why would they do that? Well, because it's all about them. Either they're trying to make themselves look better than they are or they're an opportunist, right? You ever had someone and they go, they won't commit to something because they're waiting to see what's best for them. They've been given several opportunities. And, hey, you got to do that with a job. I understand that. But sometimes I've had people give me their word about stuff, and it's almost like something better came up. You ever had that? Maybe you've done it. I have. When I was in high school, and this is when God began to change me in that area, because I'm naturally more of a free spirit and an extrovert, I was a big-time opportunist. I'd give people my word just casually, and I was like, unless something better comes along, uh uh-huh, if something cooler and more fun came along, I'm like, sorry, see you later. Or didn't even tell them. Didn't even show up. So don't, don't be an opportunist that way. How about this? I believe this is absolute selfishness, is disloyalty. Disloyalty is very, very selfish. You've got to grow where you're planted, not just at a church, but in your life. You've got to grow where you're planted in relationships. Did you know that? That's why you've got to be loyal to people. Man, do your best. Don't just be ready to throw people under the bus or quit on them real quick. And man, that's a lesson for me as a pastor. That's not always easy. But I know that people have been gracious and fair and forgiving with me when I had faults. And there's been people that were loyal to me no matter what. They said, no, I'm, I'm sticking with you. I'm sticking with you. No, I'm, I'm here right now. I, I'm, no matter come hell or high water, I'm with you. Man, stay loyal. Stay loyal. Stay loyal to your church here where you're planted. Stay loyal to friendships, godly friendships, not ungodly friendships. I don't know who this is for today, but if you're in an ungodly relationship right now, you need to get out of those relationships. If you're married, then you've already committed to that. If your spouse is ungodly, you've already committed to that. If they're not abusing you or different factors, they're not cheating on you, whatever, you need to stay with them. But I'm saying about other ungodly relationships, if you feel stuck in an ungodly relationship, a friendship or whatever, you need to get out of that right now. Be loyal to right relationships. Be loyal to right relationships. There's a lot of great relationships that are happening in this church, and there's so many more that could be happening. Just allow yourself to be loyal. Here's another one. You might be selfish 
if you're unteachable. Unteachable. Being unteachable comes from pride. Hardcore pride, this is hardcore, this is a, a, another level maybe. Hardcore pride basically says, I know everything, I'm not going to hear it. I have had people in my life over the years, and I've watched them steadily decline because they know everything. They will not listen to anybody about anything. It's going to get more encouraging in a minute, okay? Hang in there. Some of you are like, man, Pastor Matt lied. This is crazy. This ain't even what I, did I, do we sign up for this? <laughs> No, man, when nobody can tell us anything, we're unteachable. That's a sign of selfishness. Did you, I believe foolishness, the opposite of wisdom, is selfishness. People are so self-absorbed, they don't take time for wisdom. Uh, I already mentioned this one, kind of, avoiding the real problems of life, escapism. People live in a fantasy. They, avoid, they see the problem, but they won't even admit it's there ever. That can be some self-centeredness. It's just like, no, yeah, I know he's doing this, but no, I mean, you know, that's not that. And just kind of denial and hiding out. How about this? A refusal to improve or change for the better. That is self-centeredness. This is one of my life's messages as a man of God. If you just leave stuff alone, you will not stay the same. You will get better or you will get worse. In life, that's it. If you steadily reach toward God, you will get better. If you steadily just, just be lackadaisical and you plateau, plateaus eventually crumble. You don't just stay like this. You go like this. Things have a tendency toward entropy, disorder, if you just leave them alone. Perfect example. If you leave your garage alone and keep throwing stuff in there and leaving rotten food in your garage and just leaving it alone and never cleaning it out, will it get better or worse? Anybody? How about your car? You never change the oil. You're adding miles to it, it's going to get worse. People go, man, these American cars don't work. I say, and I'm like, when was the last time you changed the oil? It's falling into, it's atrophying now. It's, it's getting worse. you gotta, you got to maintain things. You just leave stuff alone, it gets worse. It doesn't get better. So you, people have a refusal to improve or change for the better. Now, here's the beauty of all this this morning. Generosity combats self-centeredness, giving time. A listening ear, money, work, kind words, serving at church, whatever. It takes the focus off ourselves, number one. It takes the focus off ourselves. It fights greed. It gives us hope. Did you know when you focus on others, it gives you favor? It does. Some folks can only think and talk about themselves. And there's a whole world dying without Jesus all around them. Man, I'm a pastor. I'm going to tell you this right now, and I'm available for people to talk about themselves. But there's folks that are not in this room. I've had people in my life before, and every time I see them, they're like, hey, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, great. And they're like, oh, man, you know what's going on with me? And I'm like, dang, okay. And I am outspoken. I'm talkative. I don't just talk about myself all the time. But it's amazing the amount of people that think they know me and they know nothing about me because they've never taken the time to really listen and take the focus off themselves. Am I begging them to do that? No, I'm just saying that's a really rotten habit, isn't it? They know nothing about me. I'm outgoing. They think they know me. They're like, man, it's cool. He's my friend. Okay, praise God, whatever. But they don't know anything about me, and I know their life story. They don't know what I like. They don't know. I'm, they just don't know because they've never taken the focus off themselves. If you'll give time, a listening ear, it takes the focus off of you, and you start to realize, you realize, man, there's, there's needs around me. Point two today, 
giving, your generosity, whatever you give, money, tithes and offerings, time, service, giving moves God on our behalf. Would you say amen, somebody? Giving moves God on your behalf, I promise. Scripture says, give and it shall be given unto you. Scripture says, you bring your tithes to the storehouse. It opens up the windows of heaven. I stumbled across this beautiful verse, Proverbs eleven twenty five. You know what it says? It says, the generous will prosper. One, one, one way of looking at it is those who water others will be watered. Look at that one. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Very good. So, man, you, you, what you give, what you dish out, you will receive. So, man, we know that it moves God on our behalf. That's important. How many of you need God moving on your behalf at every hour, every second, every moment of every day? You do. You do, and I do. I need God moving. I need the wheels of generosity turning, the wheels of sowing and reaping turning. I was telling my wife the other day, be not deceived. We were talking about a situation. I quoted a scripture to her about a situation. I said, baby, you remember that verse? Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. People go, no, I did that. I'm done. I'm scot-free. Well, for better or for worse, whatever you've sowed, it will come back to you. Time, money, anger, unforgiveness, lack of grace, whatever. The generous will prosper, but those who refresh others... <clears throat> somebody, let's, let's read this together on the count of three. One, two, three. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Can we say that again? The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Amen. That is good. So you start to take the focus off yourself. Start to give and God moves on your behalf. How about this? Point three. This is real basic. Point three. Brings blessing to others. I don't know where you stand with this, but I want to be able to say someday, actually, I want to be able to stand before God one day and God say, you know what? You gave what you had. Let's talk about simple stuff. You had that extra pair of shoes you liked, but you just kept looking at them. You loved them, man, but they, weren't, they just weren't your thing or you weren't using them and you gave them to somebody. And somebody had shoes. Or, man, you obeyed my word and I commanded you to give tithe. And people say, Jesus never mentions tithes. Yeah, briefly, he says you should tithe, actually, in the New Testament. And the Lord, I can imagine the Lord telling me in heaven, I can just see this in my mind's eye, him saying, you tithed. And every time you tithe, you were a blessing to the kingdom of God and the local church there in Hobbs, your church. Where your treasure was, there your heart also was. I can imagine God telling me that. So where your treasure is, that's the things you think about. That's the things you give to. That's why you give for your kids. That's why you give to certain missions things. That's why you give to this church. And this church is debt-free. So you're giving. You say, man, well, what are, what, what are we doing? Well, you keep the light on? That's very insignificant. We're beyond that. There's a whole world, world out there that needs help. We help people locally, and we help people internationally because of what you give. That's why every January, Valeria sets up the video, because you gave. Your gift sent us here. Your gift blessed someone there. Your, your gift built onto this school. This church has helped in Mexico, South Africa, Indonesia, Austria, Botswana, Dominican, where? Guatemala. This church has helped in lots of places, sent gifts all over the world. This, people from this church have supported and, 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 and sponsored children in Armenia, 
Different places on the planet have been touched because of this little local church right here. Your giving, your generosity takes the focus off you, moves God on your behalf, and brings blessing to others. That'll fight selfishness in your life, just being generous, giving. You give people hope and joy. I gave somebody a little gift yesterday, and it touched my heart how much it touched their heart. Just a little something. It's amazing. You, you, you give something to someone you're not using. Or sometimes, <clears throat> here's the challenging part. You ready for level two? The next level? One, one Christian rapper said, welcome to the next level where we destroy the devil. I think he said, buck, buck the devil, but that's so 90s. I don't know if that means shooting a gun. Buck, buck. I never knew what that meant, but whatever. Welcome to the next level. The next level is you giving something away that you like and you use all the time. That's tough. Where God's like, you got more than enough. Give them, give them that vehicle. What? I've known people give vehicles away. No, you're, more, you're blessed. Give that money right there, that extra money you just got on that bonus. Give that to someone so they need it more than you. Oh, my gosh. Give those shoes that you wear every Sunday. Give those to somebody. That those shoes you love, those comfortable shoes. Those shoes, you know those things you don't want to get, get rid of that they still look nice and they're comfortable and they're your favorite? You want that thing in every color, right? Oh, if I only wore wigs, right? I'd have a blonde, a red. I'm kidding. Gross y'all out. Freak y'all out, man, this bald man coming like that. It brings blessing to other, others when you give. I want to be known as someone who helps and loves and gives. I want to help others have a better life. I know you do too. So I know this series is really going to sink into your spirit. Look at point four here. I believe generosity takes the focus off of us. It I'm able to move beyond myself and grow past myself. And it opens our eyes to infinite possibilities. Once you start giving, then you start noticing other needs. I don't know if you've ever experienced that yet, but we have in our marriage, we have in our family growing up, we have in this church over the years. It's like, man, I'm giving, and I'm like, well, where else can I give? Wait, they have a need. God spoke to us to give something recently. It's, we're always ready to give, but something came across our desk, so to speak, and my wife said, let's give to that. Let's give. Praise God. It opens our eyes to infinite possibilities in areas where you can meet a need. Because God is generous. Someone say, God is generous. Yeah, He's always giving. He's giving to you constantly. He gave you the breath of life. Dad's speaking about the life of God this month in the Spanish uh, ministry, the Zoe life of God. Did you know, ever since God breathed breath into Adam, we've been breathing on that same breath of fresh air for thousands of years. He's, he's constantly giving. Your heart's beating right now? God just gave you that heartbeat. Hold on, hold on, just wait a moment. Those 10 seconds, those are from God. Everything you have is from Him. He's always giving. When you give, it opens your eyes to infinite possibilities, and it shines a light on who God is and who we're called to be. So if you start to realize who God is, 
then guess what? You'll get closer to him and closer to him and closer to him. Why? Because he has an irresistible personality. Say, man, God is like that? Uh Uh-huh. That's one of our mottos at this church is knowing God now. Because the more you get to know him, the more you love him. The more you love him, the more you want to spend time with him. The more you spend time with him, the more you get to know him. It's a cycle of blessing and power and promise. You start to see who God is when you give. And look at this possibility. You start seeing who you were called to be. I feel like there were seasons of waiting where I was fasting and praying for God's next promise in my life. and that I didn't know what I was supposed to do with the next season of my life. And I gave during those seasons, and it took the focus off me in so many ways. I remember before I came into full-time ministry at this church, I was giving and fasting and praying, and all I knew was to just keep doing the basics. And God said, I want you to be the youth pastor. And I didn't even like youth. That's my testimony. I was in my 20s. Youth groups had hurt my feelings. I didn't even think I liked youth pastors at that point. Much less youth. I liked youth pastors a lot more than I liked youth. I was in my early 20s. I'm like, I'm not hanging around with teenagers, man. And God's like, here you go. It's time. And it became my new favorite thing. There was endless and infinite possibilities when I obeyed God and I began giving in an area where he'd commanded me to give. It took the focus off me. And I wasn't a youth pastor as long as Pastor John. He's been youth pastor a while. Stable, rock solid. I was youth pastor like two years, a little over two years. But man, it changed my life and it moved me to the next place, to the next position. Endless possibilities. You can follow God's example when you give. And I believe that when you give, it, open up, it opens up the word to you and all of God's promises. You start seeing how generous God is and how generous he's called you to be. And it, once again, it opens up your eyes to more and more needs around you. So don't you forget that. Let's go through our points again this morning, and then we'll be done. Moving beyond me. Well, how? One of the ways we move beyond ourselves is through generosity and giving. Point one, it takes the focus off ourselves. Point two, it moves God on our behalf. Point three, it brings blessing to others. And point four, it opens our eyes to endless and infinite possibilities. I know you want to be a giver. I know you don't want to be selfish. I don't want to be selfish. I want to be a giver. I want to be, I want to be chosen. And Here's the deal. Scripture says in the book of Revelation that there's three categories. There's the called, and there's the faithful, and then there's the chosen. So which one are you today in moving beyond yourself? I believe you're all three. I do. With all my heart, I believe you are all three. So on that note, let's just pray for a moment. First step in moving beyond yourself is making Jesus the Lord of your life. 